Welcome, folks, to The Woke Files. I'm your host, Kelsey. And this is Taejung. And today's episode and season finale is about aliens. aliens. So as our resident alien enthusiast, what do you want to start on? I think we can start with the species. Okay. So right now I'm super obsessed with the Anunnaki. So the Anunnaki right now... I'm not sure if I made you watch a video, but I watched this video and I really enjoyed it. I just, I love the narratives of aliens. So the Anunnaki apparently were helping with Egypt's developments, the Mm -hmm. Mayas civilization. They helped them develop the language. They also said that apparently they came to Earth to mine gold and then they had their own slave species. And apparently this sounds very much like Underworld, if you ask me. (laughs) There was an uprising on their slave species. And they ended up slaughtering their whole slave species. And they're like, oh, what now? What do we do? We don't have anyone. And at that time, allegedly, was (laughs) the human species were still like homo sapiens, still kind of wild animals, still unevolved, but kind of had their own tribes, more like chimpanzees or gorillas. I mean, like, well, like an early hominid, like Australopithecus. Exactly. And then so they're like, these guys look like they could be our slaves. (laughs) So apparently they're like... They have thumbs. They can do hard labor. (laughs) So they were like... We're going to go... I guess they were a monarchy, so they were like, oh, our prince is going to, like, figure out how to solve this. And so they, like, ended up doing scientific research, and then they blended their genetics with a bunch of species to try to figure it out. So they're doing, like, part cat human, or part cat Anunnaki, and then part, like, uh, cobras. Or They were just basically mixing, trying to see what species would be the best. They eventually, they blended the human and made us. So apparently we're aliens from the Anunnaki. We share the same genes. Sounds like Scientology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we we can discuss that too. I believe that they they are they believe that the alien or our human species are based off of alien interference as well. But anyway, basically that the Anunnaki created us and then they cohabitated and then we became a, we uprised and we became more self sustained and then they're like peace out and I guess they left. Okay, first question. How oh do, yeah, they needed the gold kn- because their atmosphere was. Falling apart, I guess. What would gold have to do with it? I don't know. Apparently, the conspiracy behind gold, and this is a lot of conspiracy, that's why we treasure gold so much, is shiny. it helps repair... It doesn't tarnish. The And it's relatively atmosphere. rare compared to a lot of other natural minerals. And I know that it's really great for space exploration. <laughs> that is... Yeah, that is true. We actually do use gold in um, mm-hmm. satellites and... Space. It's just really effective. Probes like Voyager one and two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the Anunnaki, and I really, I'm really interested in them. They're okay, fascinating. Okay, but how do we know that they're called that? I think we just make up the names, but also that they say. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I didn't get that far into it. Of the, <laughs> how did we name them? Like, how do we name them? The Greys or the Reptilians or the little green men or the Nordics? We'll, we'll cover all of them, but I'm not sure exactly. They're saying that. <laughs> The Mayan civilization created their... They were the first written language. Is that true? No. Who was the first written? Well, I mean, hieroglyphics were kind of the the main written language. But, like, the first one was the Sumerians. Mm. The first example of a real, true written language. It's not just imagery. Yeah, they were also mentioning that the Sumerians Mm. were part of the Anunnaki's, too. 
Basically, they're just saying that the Anunnaki helped develop the human species. Like agriculture. And plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay. Well, uh, that... But I feel like this is what I think is most interesting. If they're going to talk about their gods, if they're going to talk about their human sacrifices and all that lovely stuff in those ancient civilizations, <laughs> wouldn't they mention the yeah, person there, their creator? That's how I feel like they would just straight up be like, hey, these guys came out of nowhere and like helped us out and they were pretty cool. Um, it's like we write down everything yeah. else. And then... They were saying, like, oh, the Anunnaki's are the ones with the really long beards. They have, like, the tall hats. And they always seem to have some kind of, like, bracelet that looks like an Apple Watch. So they're gnomes. Giant gnome people? <laughs> but I don't know. But basically, they have, like, the curly beards that are long. And I mean, people wore bracelets. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're, like, they look just like the Apple Watches, like the conspiracy oh, theories. Okay. And they compare them and stuff. And you look at it, and you're like, eh, it, it kind of does. I'm not going to lie. And they always give them, like, these wings. So they represent them as these, these angel, angelic god creatures that have superpowers. But superpowers, really, to me, are just really good technology. So yeah. that's those are kind of, like, a rough summary of the Anunnaki. But I really, I'm kind of, like, interested in this story. I like it because apparently their world was kind of falling apart so they needed to mine our gold to help repair their world but i i still I don't mean, really understand the, the chemistry behind that place with gold it's a relative i mean spread out over the universe it's a relatively abundant material it, it forms when stars explode mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i mean also i feel like we aren't we getting close to being able to create our own gold like, we can manufacture not, gold? Not quite. It, I mean, there's that classic alchemy story, right, of turning straw into gold. But mm. you can't... You, you need to add electrons or you, when you, you can't. Oh, we can make <laughs> diamonds. We can't make gold. I'm getting yeah. stuff mixed up. <laughs> well, even that's not quite as as good as um, natural diamonds in terms of the, the quality and clarity. Okay, perfect. And then... So those are the Nordics, right? So super interesting. It's, I definitely recommend looking it up because it's like a little rabbit hole to fall into. And you're in the I mean, Alice in Wonderland. I just Wonderland feel like a lot Nordics. of the whole you know, ancient civilizations aliens, helping. It just kind of, just because Europeans couldn't do it doesn't mean that like other Another people couldn't. A <laughs> group mean, of culture couldn't. I mean, like, you know, before Europe was like, hey, I want like everybody else's stuff. I mean, the world was doing pretty well. I mean, there were huge, there was like five-story buildings in North America Mm. well before Europeans showed up. The Incans and Mayans traded with each other all the way up into North America with other, you know, Native American tribes. I mean, like, they weren't, you know, living in like a ditch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely good leaps, sociological leaps, agricultural leaps, yeah, design like I, leaps, I watched a documentary about the whole idea, the very famous show on the, air quotes, History Channel. Yeah, I feel like the History Channels have morphed into, like, a fantasy yeah, channel. Yeah, um, the very fa- you know, show Ancient Aliens that I can only watch in short bursts. Yeah, which I love. I mean, they're super interesting, but... To me, it's mainly just their certainty. If they were pitching it all as, like, a possibility, it would be then much more, like more tolerable, convinced. but they're like, it has to be aliens! It's like, mm-hmm. okay, calm down. Like, it's a... So, as we segue, segue, segue to, to the next species... What do you think about telepathy? <laughs> I think it's possible. I think it's totally possible. 
I, I mean, there's not, a lot of synchronicity. Not to the extent uh, you see in like science fiction, where we communicate through each other's minds. <laughs> that would be really amazing. I think we can. I mean, you develop can kind of read people's minds just by you know reading their language, facial expression yeah. and like. I mean, you've ever had like a fully silent conversation. Like, and you both say the same thing. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely see that there's synchronicities. And then we can also have our neurons start to match up, which mm-hmm. is super cool. I know it deals with, like, when someone does a lecture, after they start to go on, like, a TED Talk, someone can start talking for a certain amount of time. And then everyone's brainwaves will start to... Mm-hmm. Synchronize. Yeah, which is so cool. Well, same happens when groups of people sing. That's partially why you see in term for like uh, it was really common practice for the military to sing songs. Like it literally helps you kind of like sync up with each other. Which is interesting. So I definitely see there's some potential, but this moves towards the greys and the abductions. <laughs> now, okay. from the conspiracy theory that I've heard, I don't know how accurate it is, and there's just so many. Mm-hmm. The the reason why they're no longer abducting, first off, apparently oh, they, was, they don't need to do it anymore. That was only for a phase, only like a period of time they were doing the abduction. It's not a phase, mom. And then they realized that they didn't need us anymore. So apparently they were doing like reproductive experimentation. They were trying to, they said apparently that their species were kind of missing or lacking some kind of feature that we had. So they're like, oh, maybe if we breed with them or we can, they don't breed with us. They basically take our sperm and egg and then they create these hybrid alien human creatures which is what all these abductees have been stating oh yeah we're, we're taken a horrible experimentations happen then we get left and then we get abducted again like a reoccurring abductions mm-hmm. their interviews come out saying like then i saw my child hybrid <laughs> so there's two things to me that kind of put the nail on the coffin so to speak for alien abductions uh-huh. and experimentation is one all reports of alien abduction are in America. It's an exclusively, like crop circles, and it's an exclusively American phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And sleep paralysis. Yes, so definitely sleep paralysis <laughs> and the night terrors. Those are normal, actual human occurrences. Totally agree. So part of the conspiracy theory of why they only do it in America is apparently <laughs> of during the... they have a rationale. <laughs> So, yeah, I love it. (laughs) So, apparently, uh, I'm not sure if it was, like, during the JFK uh, process or when it was uh, George Bush, the first one, senior, went into play. Sometime during the Roswell crash, they made a deal with the Nordics and the Greys that they were going to only stick to the U.S. to do their experimentation to get the information that they need for military military, um, technologies. I mean, mean, to me... From a scientific perspective, I would want a little of everybody. I would too. Right? You? I mean, like one person from each country, even just to kind of like. Get, I'm sure that there get, would be you know, like, like an said, alien get... council where you'd have like <laughs> everyone around the world coming together for America, saying, "Oh, we're contracted with these alien species, and we're going to collaborate <laughs> together." Just so you know, we're best friends. We're best. Or you could <laughs> argue that America's like. The Walmart of the world. We have everything. I guess. I mean, we could look at that like the but stirring pot. But still, pod. though, I mean, there's. I just think that if they were really after a good genetic base, that they would kind of want it from everybody. I agree. That so would I, make I more think, sense. So then they would be pulling from the whole world yeah. to get the genetics. 
Yeah, saying something about brittle bones, or I, I don't know the exact detail, but I remember hearing it was something. And apparently, because I looked into the process, because all the interviews, they were looking for the patterns. What is the same, even though these people never met? And that was what really like, caught my attention. So it was like, they get abducted. I, you can look it all up in Wikipedia. They basically have <laughs> the whole like layout of exactly what happens. Right, but the thing is, is that... And like, then their communications the, the telepathically. instances of abduction it's also common knowledge i could describe to you an alien abduction that i've heard repeated from multiple people that have never met each other but have all read the same news stories i mean it was really a oh yeah newspaper and radio like was early a 90s big deal like, everyone was, like was a attached. really popular thing i mean that's what partially inspired the x-files i mean it's like mm-hmm. a, so that's was a really exciting. big part of pop culture at the time when these were happening <laughs> and and then we'll move to the next species because, yeah, I could see that. I agree. And it's a fear of technology, too. That was when, like, the Internet was first becoming a really big thing. Mm. And so it's sort of a natural sort of science fiction-y kind of thing, the human mind taking these things out of context. I love it. <laughs> it is very interesting. And then so then we have the real, like, the truest of true conspiracies, the reptilians, <laughs> the shapeshifters that are apparently part of either the big... How do I say? Um, they're celebrity culture aliens, apparently. They're part of the secret societies, apparently. They work and live underground in L.A. Apparently. Oh, naturally, uh-huh. L.A. Not yeah. New York? I don't know why. Just apparently L.A., that's where their base is. That's all the traffic. Which would that be That explains weird. everything. If I was a reptilian species, I'd rather, like, live more mm-hmm. hidden yeah, I've always in, I've like, always heard of the, sort of like mole people, like they're somehow underground or something like that. Like, yeah. wouldn't you want to not live where there are earthquakes? <laughs> but so apparently, the reptilians' home base really live in the undergrounds of LA, and they're shapeshifters into celebrities to have political power or get their agenda. So they have their own world order, apparently. And theirs is more violent based. I choose violence. <laughs> the reptilians' perspective, and then overall, like there's so many more species, but a lot of it I hear. The ones that catch my attention are the ones that are going like aliens exist. I've seen them firsthand. Like I've been in an experimentation lab that's off in the middle of like Nebraska. It's a super random place in the mountains, hidden. And then he was saying that there was like an elevation where you had. So- certain clearance and after you get to the certain clearance there's actually where your scientists are working alongside alien scientists and then if you go deeper then it's like human experimentations where the aliens are doing experiments on people and i'm like but why and what are we gaining from this but anyway he's like and then they melted off and they killed my friends and they melted off my hand that's why i don't have my hand anymore and i was like okay but so there was interesting military research that always fascinated me. I would love to get that type of clearance. I would change my life for it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll sign a contract and never talk to anyone ever again. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is that, like, the amount of people involved in keeping that secret, especially in the age when literally everyone has, a, like, a camera on mm-hmm. them at all times, let alone you can just buy a radio scanner. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of... My question right now is there are a lot of kind of unidentified objects being filmed. Right. To me, that would suggest that it's, from a 
from a government perspective, I would like people to think that it's some sort of alien thing as opposed, opposed to, to being military like, yeah, innovation. Yeah, that they're just testing out on something. And there's all sorts yeah. of weather phenomenon that people aren't familiar with. I mean, it's not actually uncommon for lightning to go upwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But and like I've these weird like orbs and these ships somehow. and these like these foot this footage that I've seen. Yes, they can be created. They, yes, they can be manufactured with our editing softwares that we have now, with the education, and the access. Yeah, like a really we big we can really edit a, a lot really big tip off when a video is faked is if the camera is shaking a lot and you yeah. can't really get a good look at it. You even see that in movies with CGI. Like keep it moving so that you can't see how bad it is. Mm-hmm. I hate when camera. Is shaky just to like make it feel more intense or feel like you're getting something special. Yeah, it's like it's not that hard to hold it still. It really isn't, and they have a lot of stabilize, uh, stabilizing technologies in our phones now. So it's like yeah. there isn't really good excuse to say that it was shaky or I was nervous. But that was another subject. But there's a lot of footage, a lot of footage that is just like, okay, what's going on here? Is it military? Is it hidden innovation, secret innovation from the military? Is it aliens? I can see it's more like military. I can totally lean towards that direction. But I'm optimistic, maybe <laughs> it's an alien. Well, to me, I, for the record, I think that there is life out there. Yes. And potentially intelligent. And the, the idea of this whole the whole universe and we're the only spot with intelligent life. Arguably intelligent. <laughs> so I've heard, I was like, what? yeah, I agree. It's is definitely arguably intelligent. As, as that it's out there. But whether or not that they either have the technology or have been here is a totally different you know, a horse of a different color, so to speak. Like, that's... I don't think that... Mm-hmm. So I heard <laughs> something interesting. Why are we special? Works. Why are people or human species special? But they say the way our... Okay, now we have to get a little bit... Uh, push a little bit more. Because of our big brains. Yeah. We got so our big brainies. Apparently with our... our if we jump more towards spirituality and saying, like, our spirit and our physical form. So we have a timeless form, and then we have a form locked in time. Makes us very unique as a species cognitively, because we're processing, we're experiencing, we're learning, we're growing, and we're gaining our wisdom and our life's right. story. Right, we're also learning mm-hmm. recently that we're not the only really intelligent animals not on Earth. We're planet, just the no. ones that have changed our habitat that have, to the extent that we have. It's, l- it's written language that makes us unique, right? Well, lit- written language and then um, the variation in language and that we can literally communicate with each other with words. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's... I agree. So, yeah. Aliens, but also the species that we have on the planet. There's definitely potential of making them more humanoid. I like what you mentioned. Something about that book. You were talking about a oh, dolphin. yes. It's called uh, Star Tide Rising. And it's about uh, basically that the... Uh, Humans have reached the point where we have um, been able to. Part of the whole point of the book was it's like that we we'd become part of a intergalactic kind of like elite, where your whole thing is to like elevate other life forms on your planet to be intelligent, mm-hmm. and then you kind of like join like the club of of being able to. So basically, humans like proved that we were cool enough to approach for this kind of intergalactic community by raising dolphins and chimpanzees to our intellectual level. Mm-hmm. And it's all it follows a, a ship that's crash-landed on another planet, and the captain is a dolphin. And he writes poetry. It's amazing. He's basically like the Jean-Luc Picard, but as a dolphin. <laughs> Which is 
so great and I love it. And I think it's really interesting, especially when it comes to animal intelligence. So yeah. a lot of it, we're like, we're always looking out for alien intelligence or extraterrestrial intelligence or something beyond. Yeah, when and we it's have right so here. much, like the gray parrot. What is that? What are they? The called? African gray parrot. Yes, they're so intelligent. Yeah, was, there's a, a very famous African gray parrot that knew over two thousand words, and was able to like actually understand context. And it was actually really heartbreaking. And he died. He said to his caretaker of like forty years, mm-hmm. was like, "I have to go. You be good now. Love you." Ugh, that's painful. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I because I'm taking a master class with Jane Goodall, and she was talking about how she met one of the African gray parrots, and she said it like looked at her, and she's oh, like, yeah, "Oh yeah, they like look at you." Uh-huh. Like. She was like, "She's like, oh, do you know who I am?" And he's like, "You're Jane. Do you got a chimp?" And she's like, no. And so she would recur, like, kind of go see him. And she got this story where basically the owner or the caretaker for the great African Gary Parrot, the iguana died. And so she was, like, crying over the iguana. They were doing a burial. They gave him, like, a box. And the great parrot had a toy. He had, like, this loved this toy where it was, I think it was, like, some kind of train or some kind of electronic that would move. And he would, like, be super excited. Mm-hmm. And so he looks at the iguana and he's like change the battery and i was like oh that's so sad that's interesting Mm -hmm. or like um coco the gorilla she understood sign language i mean like one time they asked her like where do gorillas go when they die and she was like she signed comfortable hole (laughs) but there's something that i wanted to bring up because you were talking about language right right well dolphins do have language whether or not we'll ever be able to decipher it we're trying to right yes there are people trying to can you imagine like oh yeah i took dolphin linguistics as an elective like that'd be so cool mm-hmm. but i mean that's also and the then thing crows is within, right crows, mm-hmm, have crows language too. like the new caledonian crow they did um ex- experiments where they captured wild crows that had never been any kind of laboratory situation before and they set up an eight stage puzzle using tools and problem solving and puzzles and, and they solve it and they solved the first try literally within mm-hmm. minutes to get the little like you know, I think it was like a little chunk of meat or something because they're omnivores yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah, I got this and they're like what was that supposed to be hard mm-hmm. so <laughs> or then- the Kia in New Zealand is a another parrot species. They've actually been shown. Um, there was a video of one popping uh, the radio antenna off of a car and shoving it down the window to pop the lock, and then the other one opened the door. Jeez, that's amazing! I need yeah. one of those. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> but so definitely interesting. So I feel like that should be our momentum. When it comes to the human species dealing with other animals on this planet and sustainability and not destroying yeah. this planet. Well, it's like um, in India, dolphins are considered non-human persons. Mm-hmm. And I think in um, New Zealand, too, they have a lot... Their animal rights is de- decades above... every Beyond, like, anyone else. It's amazing. Yes. And so we have, yes, the greys. We had the little green men which to me the little green men i feel like were an off species of the gray this is what i've heard like the grays have like green they have gray they have a little bit of like a purplish blue color and from what one conspiracy person i was listening to i really enjoyed she was saying how they're kind of like the human species where we have kind of like brown skin we have yellow we have red we have different tones 
I don't, but pigment comes from the melatonin, so I'm not sure why these aliens would be a different shade. Yeah. But maybe the their melatonin be... is different? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of times I've heard the argument against aliens that look like, we're just going to humor the idea of grays and greens uh-huh. here, <laughs> of them looking so humanoid. And there's the idea, which is an actual scientific hypothesis called the panspermia theory. And that means basically that as Earth not only rotates and then rotates in our solar system and then the solar system ourself is moving and moving through the galaxy and in our placement in the Milky Way as we're moving through mm-hmm. it, every now and again, you know, when the big asteroid hit or meteors strike and little chunks of the Earth fly off into space. Like, Mm -hmm. um, the really big impact that killed the dinosaurs launched a bunch of stuff into space. (laughs) But since we're moving, we're also moving away from wherever that happened. Right, it's like this. Yeah, and we're not gonna really come back around for, like, billions and billions of years. (laughs) And if, say, um, like a tardigrade or a water baron which is a, a mic- borderline microscopic animal that lives on moss. It has like six legs and they're real cute and pudgy looking. Mm-hmm. And they're basically indestructible. <laughs> they can survive temperatures of like the surface of the sun. They could survive well below any kind of the coldest temperatures ever documented in Antarctica. They can survive the vacuum of space. They yes. actually did an experiment where they took some up in one of the space shuttles let them open like they had them all alive and happy on some moss and then they took them off the moss and put them out into space brought them back in they were all dehydrated and like looked frozen they just put some water on them and they came back to life and it had babies like totally unfazed and so I mean if a life form like a tardigree made it out into space it's totally feasible if it landed on the right planet could start reproducing there so that's also sort of the kind of cross-pollination so to speak idea there's also the idea that water bears themselves are like an early life form that came to earth and survived space travel that way but i mean obviously there's no real way to to prove that and i love what neil degrasse tyson said because he said if an alien species an alien species came to visit humans they're practically gods we are ants to them if they yeah. mastered space, space travel. travel to be able to travel so far i mean it takes it would take us currently two to three years to get to mars one way <laughs> with our tra- technology that we currently have. yeah and i mean considering that like i mean yeah we have pretty definitive evidence that there's no other you know at least intelligent life within our solar system so they'd obviously have to come from somewhere else and like an example of how large our just our solar system is, the Voyager two probe recently, like you know, like the, it was that really big deal when photos mm-hmm. of Pluto, like high def photos They're of Pluto, really nice came photos. out. That probe was launched like twenty years ago. <laughs> like it's crazy, or maybe more like fifteen. It was a long time, basically. So. And it was just constantly going. At one point, it, like, ran out of gas, and they, like, had to f- figure out how to, like, charge it. by. And it has a gold plate in it. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Partially why gold is good for space travel is because it, it doesn't oxidize. 
So my my biggest stories that I love the most are the ones that are like in these really old villages in like Russia or I think there was like a Russian village that experienced an alien to come down and they visited all these children and then they just left. Is that why Russia is so weird? Maybe. Maybe they <laughs> considered and they have a- true aliens visiting them. But I've the thing is, why? Like but why are they visiting? What's the point? What are they gaining? What do they need? If they do, if they are coming to visit. Well, I mean, I don't think that they are, but... <laughs> well, what do you think about the Roswell crash? I think that was uh, a military test that went haywire. And just enough people were able to, to find out about it that they just were like, uh, aliens. Because it was interesting. Cause and like, because it's a secret, you know, everyone knows Area 51. I mean, like, well, people, now they do. people want to know. What's going on behind closed doors? They don't like Area Fifty One didn't happen until after the crash, though. Right. So it wasn't constructed. But I mean, the government isn't exactly known for transparency. True. But it was funny because a lot of the people that are like, "I was there. I saw it." Like he's like, "I I worked on a farm nearby, and so I saw the crash, and I went, and I saw these little gray men. One was crying over the other, and I was like, okay, so they have human emotions, I guess.' So he's like, or they could have been." Children, or, little people. Yeah. I mean, humans can be pretty tiny. <laughs> That's true. And then they're like, some people took pieces of the objects and they took them home. And apparently, like, governmental officials came and took it back. Yeah, because it's... it's if it was like government hush, technology. Like hush secret government technology. <laughs> so maybe they were just rolling with the... They are like, rolling with it's it. It's like, yeah, yeah well, sure, totally. They, that was aliens. We were not doing anything that wasn't totally, like... Hidden, sketchy... I could see that, but I'm still, I love the Roswell idea. A lot of people <laughs> contributing and a lot of interesting stories that people share. But overall, I mean, it's now it's like Men in Black or now we're looking at... I love at, the idea of Men in Black, but at the same time, why, I mean... Why hide it when we can yeah, transform exactly. the way we behave with our environment, with exactly. our other people? I well, mean, I mean, racism ima- would kind of yeah, be obliterated. Exactly. Imagine the unifying <laughs> power be of like instead of like oh I don't like this kind of human as like oh we're all humans yeah it's like no now we're like officially <laughs> human so these are other species yeah and especially if we were like if aliens were you know messing stuff up then we could easily be like it's their fault mm-hmm. and we love to point a good finger mm-hmm. and <laughs> I just would love to see there would be no reason it would just be such a powerful revolution and then religion probably would completely change because, okay. Yeah. Explain Although I this. Think, I think Pope Francis was like, aliens can go to heaven too, even yeah. though they're not baptized. And I, know, just like, I know Mormons what? believe <laughs> aliens exist, but my personal opinion, like, because I know a little bit about this, I think Joseph Smith was visited by aliens. Think about it. Huge amounts of dark pressure hits him. Two light beams come down if this actually happened. And then we're like, Dude, this is what you need to do, okay? We're going to do a revolution of religion. He's like, I gotcha. And he writes the Mormonism. He was also known for being a liar. And a storyteller. He, yeah, he, like, wrote books, like, for fun. I know. But if, I'm just saying, if if his little experience happened and he didn't make this all up, I think it was aliens. That is my conclusion. But... 
I mean, it does kind of read as a science fiction novel. It I mean, really does. You know, the whole planet Cola going to like have spirit children that are then. I don't yeah, know. like. And then and Scientology gets real weird too in terms of like alien I heard souls. So- and then wasn't he a science fiction writer as well? Yes, he was a very famous science fiction writer who I- also openly said, "If you want to make money, start a religion." <laughs> and that's just awkward. And uh, Scientology is just another piece it's, of work. Yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> I mean, I've been tempted to go just like observe, <laughs> but then the stories that I've had that people have that's gone, how they get you. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrible. So I'm like, no, not worth it. You know, Mormonism was bad enough. But I mean, the unifying power of if aliens were released would be just so helpful for this planet especially in the crisis that we're in at this moment in time if we get past that there's something that I wanted to mention ah yes so Rick and Morty (laughs) (laughs) it leans me towards more Rick and Morty type mentalities like yeah sure okay aliens exist but they're out there not here it's like if you have the technology to meet them awesome if you don't bummer well that technology doesn't exist or I mean, the most does, ex- <laughs> we don't have access to it. The conventional. Right. Well, then why why lie about it though? That's the thing. Is why would you keep that a secret? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're just. That'd be like inventing a perpetual motion machine that would solve all of our energy needs and sitting on it. Why? Why would you sit on it when it would <laughs> solve agree. literally all of our problems? It's like with all these aliens, but also this kind of makes me. This kind of I just had a like aha moment. <laughs> Where I love this. So we as anthropologists or as activists, there are certain limitations, right? Like you can't, you told me about that puma or a panther. I forgot exactly. It was the mountain snow leopard or something where the scientist, he, he was observing it. She kept losing her cubs. Oh yeah. So a leopard in Africa. Uh Yeah. And then he eventually, the leopard got sick. Yeah, oh, yeah. She was so this this uh, cameraman. He was was very notorious in his field for you know like um, getting an, you know, unattainable shots and following certain animals for years and years and years to really get like their story. And he followed this female leopard, and you know she kept having she was right in between two different um, territories with two different males, and so she would have a cub with one, and then the other one would kill the cub, and so. She finally was able to to keep a cub by mating with both of them, actually, which is, like, quite, quite clever. Because then both of the males think it's theirs, and so they leave it alone. And so after all of these years of her having cub after cub taken, one was eaten by a rock python. It's like, this, this poor female leopard just couldn't win. And so she finally has this cub, and finally everything is going well. It's, like, two years old, and then they get mange. Which is where it's a sort of like a fungal infection that like makes your skin slough off. It's terrible. You pretty much die. Yeah, and it's basically a horrible, painful way to go. And he just he'd been following them for like ten years at this, like the female for ten years at that point. And you know it's very common with nature documentaries, or they just let it happen, Mm -hmm. and like that's just part of it. You're not supposed to interfere. But he he just couldn't watch. He just couldn't watch that happen, and so he went ahead and had them tranquilized and treated for mange and saved them 
But unfortunately, as a result, because he interfered, he was totally like blacklisted from the nature documentary community. But and I watched an interview of him, and he's like, I don't regret it for a second. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I yeah, I agree with him. Like that's I the kind of situation where yeah, maybe you should step in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like if we're doing so much irreversible damage to the environment, to these animal species, isn't it our job to help in some way? I think well, micromanaging environments and habitats. It varies. Mm-hmm. If it's a habitat where humans have gone in and say, like, with Yellowstone, when they removed all the wolves, they culled them off. That was a good instance of where monitoring was very important and reintroduction of, like, they also introduced um, beavers again, too, into Yellowstone and wolves. And you see um, monitoring that and their population makes sense. But in a habitat where we haven't really done anything to it yet, because there are actually spaces on Earth where humans haven't made it to yet, mm-hmm. you just need to leave those alone. <laughs> a lot is- of habitats, you just need to just step back and let it let it happen. Especially with, um, I watched a documentary where they were monitoring um, moose populations in Canada and Alaska. And, um, you know, it's a thing called a, a K-curve. And you see in biology, which is literally um, prey numbers spike, predator numbers spike, prey go down, predator right, go down. Right, you can't feed. Then the predator goes down, the prey comes back, predator comes back, and back and forth you go. It's sort of a natural right, fluctuation. Right, which makes sense. But people see these large die-offs and think, oh no, wait, something's gone wrong, and try to fix it, and they just upset the natural cycle. Mm-hmm. Or in um, habitats where we've eliminated a predator, like um, you're, we're seeing hundreds of millions of white-tailed deer all across North America because we've eliminated so many wolves, uh, mountain lions, all their natural predators. Coyotes will even take, occasionally take a deer. And like we just totally... Des- so then they have all this food and there's nothing to control their population. Yeah. And so humans actually... In- that's one of the few instances where, like, where hunting is I think it's very, very important. Good. We have to basically act like an artificial predator. Mm-hmm. That's why that's the type of hunting I support. That's yeah. the kind of meat eating I really support. It's like sustainable meats. Yes, exactly. On or it's like, like restorative in the instance meats. of where invasive species have been introduced. Like I've heard boars. Like some wild pigs are invasive, so they mm-hmm. need to be hunted. Yes, to a degree. They're also incredibly large and aggressive. Mm-hmm. I hear they'll they'll pretty much gut a human. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll disembowel you like no problem. But the aha <laughs> moment was basically: could it be? I know this is just another conspiracy, and we're not creating. <laughs> but the aha moment was. Could there be a level of awareness or consciousness that these alien species are beyond humans that are just like, well, we have to let them run their course. Sure, they have pieces of our technology, but they don't have our whole perspective, our whole philosophy. So we're just going to let them do certain things. We'll contribute when we can, but we won't let them do atomic war or something like that. I've heard a conspiracy where aliens though, won't give us If we atomic. found intelligent life on another planet, you telling me that we wouldn't try to make contact? Well, we're, we're humans, so I think we would. Yeah, we would because I mean, intelligence. Since you can see similarities with other intelligent animals like cruelty, humans can be very cruel. So can dolphins. So can chimps. Mm-hmm. So can crows and ravens, <laughs> parrots. <laughs> I mean, but also have great levels of compassion. Right? Too. Oh no, I'm not. I'm just saying. That yeah, unfortunately, no, we have... you tend to see 
cruelty and intelligence kind of walk hand in hand. Which is interesting. Sort of like, what do I do if I cut it open? Mm. <laughs> it's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> it's like it's alive. Well, it's don't true. hurt it. It's like, what if I like, I don't know, rip its hair out? Let's see what happens. I wonder if it likes if I pluck its feathers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. So I think that, and also curiosity, and I mean, you, a lot of intelligent animals are social animals, too. You need a certain amount of smarts to be able to navigate dealing mm, with each other. I cannot stand what was talking with a stupid person <laughs> or an ignorant person. An arrogant, <laughs> ignorant person are like the worst people to talk to. You're like, I can't. Yeah, well, because they, be they won't you. accept anything other than their own opinion. Uh-huh, and then their opinion's And if you don't agree so with... Small. One of my friends, actually, I was just talking with her. I hadn't seen her in years. And she was, like, asking for advice to deal with her conservative boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was like, well, you can't be, like, blatantly trying to change his mind. Otherwise, he's going to just clamp down, mm-hmm. double down even harder on whatever ridiculous conservative idea he's latched on to. But I was like, we'll try to find something he's already interested in and introduce those ideas through those things so he doesn't clam up. And so, like, I suggested video games because he's a big gamer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, try playing, you know, Journey, which is a oh, beautiful... I liked Journey. Journey is a well, very What I liked game. about Journey is that you can interact with, if you're playing online... Other people? We can, yes. and, but it's non-verbal. Mm-hmm. And you can either choose to work together or not. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's I loved a really it. It so beautiful elegant. game. And it's all sort of about finding enlightenment, you know, at the end. Yeah, it was so... The ending, I'm not going to yeah, spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it just in case someone was... But it was such a beautiful but ending. Like, I, it was journey, very, though. It was a very humbling ending. I enjoyed yes. it. Yes. And, uh, or, like, uh, another good one. Like, there's a lot of really good side-scroller games now. Like, there's a really popular... Like, Portal, I think Portal would be a really good one for I him to play. Plus, it's like, you're working together and it's also sort of the idea of like government isn't necessarily like mm-hmm. your friends yeah um but it was oh and then also to watch star trek yeah especially the next but generation changing a mindset and growing and expanding is so important and i feel like a lot of us are i feel yeah. like the whole idea with this podcast or with conspiracies is like being open-minded being willing yes. to change being willing to grow and take yourself as a wrong and then also be like Oh, actually, this is correct. And then looking into the proper research, the accurate information, and where do you find those resources, and what resources are they coming from? But pretty much, yeah, aliens, I love them. Animals, we should definitely support them, be more compassionate, be more aware of our planet. What else? I think that's that's it. I mean, I'm going to boot them coming to Earth. And abducting people because I can you can explain that with you know sleep paralysis and pop culture. This is what I'll say. I'll accept <laughs> the truth that they believe they were abducted. Okay, definitely without question, they do believe they were abducted. <laughs> but whether or not they were actually abducted, mm-hmm. that's jury's still trying to decide right now. For me, I'm like, mm, I'm because I want to believe, and I feel like I'm going to be like biased. <laughs> But this at the is same why time, we're like, like Mulder and Scully. <laughs> Do you ever realize the power that Scully has in that show? You can watch a like you know like a forty-five minute long X Files, and like half of it, Mulder's like, "Oh my god, I just saw aliens like beam down from their spaceship, and they're gonna invade the Earth." And like he has a full-on interaction face to face 
with an alien. And then, like, Scully will roll in and he'll be like, I met an alien. And she'll be like, I was a hallucination. And, like, you as the viewer are like, holy shit, she's right. Wow. Mulder's an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like every episode of The X-Files. Uh, He's always the one to, like, But the thing is, he was stuff. right. Scully. <laughs> I mean, she had a. Great I watched one where they like hallucinate, where um, that they're being consumed by this uh, fungus that, like, mm. for whatever reason, has them hallucinate, like, go through sort of like a coma kind of thing, or they have a, another kind of experience. Like, of course, in one version, like Scully and Mulder like kiss, fan service, right? Mm-hmm. And then like they wake up, and it turns out it's because they inhaled like spores of this. You know, like, fungus. I'm like, they even show the fungus, like, earlier in the episode. I'm like, watch. Mulder's gonna believe that, like, this was aliens or something. And then Skull is gonna be like, um, fungus. And that's exactly yes, how the episode The complex, out. we're making things, sometimes we make <laughs> things so complex when it's just a, such a simple answer of why it's happening. Yeah. But that, too. Sometimes <laughs> it's not as complicated as we think. Yes. But on that note... We'll be back yeah. for season two, whether it's going to be a conspiracy theories or something else. We will see. Oh, yes. But mm. it will be exciting. It'll probably be conspiracy theories. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, I guess that's case closed. Or is it? True facts. <laughs>